Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Pastor. Glory to God. Well, how many of y'all are blessed tonight? Amen. Smile real big at somebody says, sure am glad you came. Amen. Praise God forevermore. We so appreciate y'all coming. And of course, uh, my dear, dear family and my friends and uh, people that believed in me for many, many years, your pastor, my brother-in-law, my sister, Mark, Brenda Thomas, pastors here, and uh, just so love them, appreciate them, glory to God, and then loving each and every one of you, amen? How many know we might as well get along down here, we're going to spend eternity together, amen? Glory to God. So we might as well just start loving one another right now. Amen. Glory to God. Can I, that was weak as branch water. Amen. We might as well just start loving one another right now. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And we do. And again, I want to say to each one of you, thank you so much for coming tonight. Uh, I know you could be any place else, but here you are up in church again. You're a hungry bunch. Amen. Hallelujah. You're saved, Pastor Mark says. Amen. If you're saved and you know it, say amen. amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Well, if you have your Bibles tonight, I'd like for you to open them up, if you would, please, to the book of John, John chapter 1. And, uh, and, and again, I want to thank your pastors and uh, my very, very close friends of my family and the family of God for allowing me to come. And, uh, but in preparing for this service, you know, we, we're hungry like you guys are. You know, Matthew 5 talks about they that hunger and thirst after righteousness shall be filled. And Brother Hagin, he would teach us and say things along the line. He says, you know, uh, praying, how many know we need prayer groups? We got to pray out the will of God and pray some things in, pray some things out. But he said also one of the keys to bringing revival is hungry hearts. And you know, I'm hungry. How about you? I'm grateful for everything from the Word of God the Holy Ghost has revealed to me. But you know what? There's so much more in there. i got to stay hungry to continually press in. Paul said some things in Philippians 1. He said, I press toward the mark of the prize of the high calling. There's a prize, but the thing I've got to figure out, what is my highest calling for my life? That's what i got to press after. See, we get distracted sometimes. We press after other things. But I mean, no, we got to go after the highest calling of God on our life. And we get to pushing and pressing against that. How many know then there is a prize for that press? Amen. But we already know you get the press and there's going to be a press against you too. Amen. But I mean, no, we're not ignorant of the devil's devices. So in that, in, in preparing for tonight, and, and uh, I know you guys have been speaking about revival, looking at revival, talking about healing, talking about the move of God, different things. How many of you are glad to know that, that we were taught the word revival means something at one time had already lived? Yes. To revive something means at one time it's already vibed. Amen. And Pastor Mark read that a while ago. So how many of you are glad there is revivals of joy, victory, prosperity, all of the things for the family of God. Amen. So tonight in my part, you know, uh, I really felt like the Lord would have me go this way. And in this, what it is, is some things about my life. Personally, I went through after our mother died and some things to stir you up. Uh, to help be reminded of some things and not back off of some things. Because how many of you know that it's one thing to be saved? It, you know, one guy told me one time, he said, Brother Ricky, you don't have to go to be saved. You don't have to go to church to be saved. I said, well, dear God, everybody ought to know that. <laughs> Amen. But if you ain't a pastor, then how many know you're not going to eat right? 
Because it takes a shepherd to lead you beside the still water in the green pastures. You'll be out there eating goat weed or something, or, you know, or loco weed and be crazy running into stuff and going berserk. Your pastor will say, no, I wouldn't find you. I wouldn't eat that. Amen. He'll lead you to the word of God that is good sheep food. Amen. So, I mean, no, it's, it's easy to get saved. Ask Jesus into your heart. But then find a good local church that will teach you something so that you can have victory here on the earth. Glory to God. Because the Bible says God wants us to have days of heaven upon the earth. Amen. See, I was grew up in a denominational church, and everything was put off to the future. You know, down here on earth, we're going to get our brains beat out and be broke and busted and disgusted. But someday, oh, Lord, someday, someday, in a sweet by and by. But how I many of you aren't you glad we can have victory in the nasty now and now? Glory to God. Hallelujah. And so as the church gets brighter, the world will get darker. But let it get darker. We're going to get brighter. Glory to God. Now, in John chapter 1, please, we'll read and then we'll start. Father, tonight we love and thank you and praise you so much for the Word. Holy Ghost, we thank you for bringing light, illumination, revelation from the Word to us. And then as light comes, we will be willing and obedient to walk in the light of it because we're hearers and doers. Therefore, we will be blessed in all of our deeds and we thank you for it. In Jesus' name, everybody agreed, said amen. Amen. In John 1, 17, John writing here and he says, For the law was given by Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. Would you mind saying that with me? Grace and truth came by Jesus. So what came by Moses? The law. What came by Jesus? Grace and truth. Now in the uh, Amplified, verse 17, it says, The law was given through Moses. Grace, unearned, undeserved favor and spiritual blessings of the truth came through Jesus Christ. Now, we've all heard the definition of grace as God's riches at Christ's expense, G-R-A-C-E. That's a good one. We understand that. But grace can also be a divine assistance and virtue from God given to man for their regeneration, sanctification, giftings, and service. That's what grace is. Well, when the grace of God is upon you, then how many of you know these things are available to you? Amen. Amen. So we know that the law came by Moses, but grace and what? Truth came by Jesus Christ. So in that, if you would please, go over to Ephesians chapter 3. In Ephesians chapter 3, and these are things you know, but the Lord just, I felt like he had me go back over some things real quickly. In Ephesians chapter 3 verse 1. Paul writing to the church at Ephesus, but also here at the heart of the bay. He says this right here. For this cause, I, Paul, the prisoner of Jesus Christ, for you Gentiles, if you have heard of the dispensation of the grace of God, which is given me to you. Well, I, I know that we have heard, or let me say it more personal. I had heard or thought that the, it would, this time was called the dispensation of grace. But the word dispensation there means overseer, manager, or steward. Did anybody else have that word for dispensation in your Bible? Amplified says stewardship. So it's not the age of grace. It's the church age. And during the church age, grace was made available by Jesus Christ. 
So the word dispensation means stewardship, overseer, manager. So what Paul said was, is that he was given the responsibility to teach the church what was available by the grace of God through Jesus Christ. See, one guy said this to me one time. He said, you better be glad you're in the church age or you'd have got burned up. But how many know in Romans chapter 6, Paul said, shall I sin that grace may abound? God forbid. So how many know just because the grace is here don't mean we can live loose. Can I hear a good amen? Can I hear a better amen? See, the grace ain't loose living. The grace of God is a virtue or a power that's only available during the church age. Glory to God. And Paul said he was given the responsibility to teach what was available through the grace of God. He was given that responsibility to teach the Gentiles, to teach the church. There are things available that wasn't available no other time. Now, go with me if you would, please. Go over to First uh, Peter chapter 1. So Paul was given the responsibility. In First Peter chapter 1, let's look at verse 1. Or not verse 1, verse 13. First Peter 1, 13. Wherefore, gird up the loins of your mind, be sober, and hope to the end. For the grace that is to be brought unto you at what? The revelation of Jesus Christ. The greater revelation that you and I have of what Jesus purchased for us in his physical body, there will be a greater flow of grace to us. The grace that is available. Now, in the, in the denomination where we grew up, this is, this is something that I remember. I used to hear, well, you know, the grace has lifted. Or there's no longer grace to do what I've done. And, and I'm going to share some things with you guys because how many know you're in a place of revival? Yeah. Amen. So in that, we need to know that when Paul wrote and said that by the grace of God or as God's given me the responsibility to teach what's available in the grace of God, then how many know salvation is through the grace of God? Yeah. Callings are two. Remember, Paul wrote in Ephesians 3, 7, I am made a minister by the, I am what I am by the grace of God. There is salvation. You remember talking about in the book of Acts, there was giving grace. Yeah. Remember that? Yeah. And then in, in uh, what is it? Second Corinthians 9, he says, for you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, he become poor, so that you through his poverty might be made rich through the grace. So all of a sudden we begin to see that this is not the age of grace. Now, it's okay to call it that, but I mean, no, we're in the church age. I said we're in the church age. I said we're in the church age. And in the church age, there is grace available. Right? Now, in that, go over, if you would, to Ephesians chapter 2, please. Ephesians chapter 2. These are things you know. Ephesians 2, please. In Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8, Paul writes and says, For by what? Grace are you saved. How? Through faith. What came by Jesus Christ? Grace and truth. So is salvation by the grace of God through Jesus. I agree. So for by grace are you what? Saved. How? Through faith. Now, In that, go to Romans 5, 2, please. 
Romans 5, 2. These are scriptures you know. Romans 5, 2. He says, By whom also we have access by faith, where? Now, how many of y'all access the sanctuary tonight by the doors? All right. So what does that mean? You came in here, how? Through the door, by the door. All of a sudden, the grace of God is here. Grace and truth came by Jesus. But according to the word of God, there are graces for giftings, callings. There is the grace to be saved. All of these things. But everything that grace has provided has to be accessed through and by faith. And so in that, all of a sudden, we begin to see that by the grace of God, Paul said in 1 Corinthians 15, I am what I am by the grace of God. Not meaning that God put him in a half Nelson and told him, you're going to become what I am. Paul worked with the grace of God and he walked in a place that God had called him to be because the grace of God was upon him to do it. But Paul had to agree with the grace of God on his life so that he'd be in faith to walk in it. So the way you access the sanctuary is by the door. The way you get into the grace of God is by faith. Now, so if there is no faith, even though grace has provided these things, you cannot get into it. Now in Hebrews chapter 12, please. Hebrews 12. Look at this here with me. Hebrews chapter 12. Look at verse 15, please. Hebrews 12, 15. Are you ready? It says, looking diligently, lest any man fail of the grace of God. Now, in my Bible, it's got a little note, and I look down the margin, it says fall from. Has anybody else got that? Okay, fall from. Some translation says come short of. Now, see, used to in my thinking to fall from the grace means I lost my salvation. No, I, I didn't. It, that doesn't mean that. To fall from the grace of God would mean how did y'all get into the building? Through the door. Then, if grace has provided victory, a calling of God, all of these things for me. That if I do not go in by faith, even though grace has provided it. I cannot get into it. So to fall from grace means that it's not that God's took anything back because of Romans eleven twenty nine says that the gifts and callings of God are irrevocable, can't be took back. If God ever gave you healing, it's still available to you. Can I hear a real good amen? You know, Job said some stuff. The Lord give and the Lord take it away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. In all this, Job did not charge God foolishly, nor did Job sin. But that's all the light Job had. Are you with me? I got a Baptist friend. We're good friends. He used to teach on the radio. Speaking in tongues is of the devil. How many know I is too late for me? That is not true. He never taught it though and never sinned when he did teach it because he did not have light. But years later when revelation come that the infilling of the Holy Ghost is available to all that are born again, he said from this day forward, I cannot teach that speaking in tongues is of the devil because now I have light. 
Job said he thought God was in complete control. God gives, God takes away. How many of you glad God gives and the devil will try to take away? But when we find out who we are in Christ, he ain't getting it. Now, so what he was saying was to fall from grace is to quit accessing that particular area by faith. When our mom died. See, I thought God could have healed her, but wouldn't heal her. So, I fell from grace. May I say it now? What grace provided in the area of healing. Because it takes faith to access grace. How many people you know that they maybe had some property or something? If they lost something, all of a sudden, they don't trust God in that area. And you cannot not trust God and still have faith in God. It's not that you're lost, but just in that particular area, you don't trust God no more. We had a couple that divorced and this lady said, I'm getting him back and all this. And, you know, he was an idiot. I don't know why she wanted him back. But, you know, and, and you know, that's that's something else. But anyway, you know, love will do strange things. But but in that and all, and I said, sister, you're going to have to understand he's got a free will. He might not want to come back. Amen. And so he didn't. She had a falling out with God over it. Well, you know, I just don't trust God in that area. I said, dear God, sister, the man's got a free will. And so she wouldn't trust God in the area that he was God. She fell from grace in that area. I fell from grace in the area of healing. I wouldn't trust God because it takes faith to access what grace is provided. It's not I wasn't saved. I just wouldn't trust him. Because you got to have faith. Remember Matthew 8. It talked about to the centurion, great faith, Matthew 8, 23, little faith, Mark 4, no faith, right? All of them are contingent upon the word that was given. That's how you and I, we know Romans 10, 17. So then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So how's faith come? By hearing. So any area where we fall from grace, it's not that we've quit living for God, it's no longer accessed by faith in that particular area. Got to keep accessing, Pastor said. So how do you access? Thank you. By faith. We ain't got time to preach all again. By faith. Look, somebody say, by faith. You know what? You could all be right outside out there in the foyer. And we could be in here having church all up in here. And you'd be like, man, I like you being there. Woo, I know that God's moving and all of that. How many know? Why don't you just access the door? Oh, I'd like to be in the sanctuary. Quit it. Just access the door. Amen. Well, Brother Rick, you don't know what happened in my life. I don't know what happened. You don't know what happened in mine. But I'm telling you, Jesus is good. God is good. The Word is good. God's not a destroyer. God's not a killer. And God won't take things back away from you. That's what I know. Amen. Glory to God. So here in Romans 5... It talked about we have access by faith, which means admission or entrance. Now, would you mind going back to uh, Ephesians 3? Ephesians 3. Glory to God. Now, in Ephesians 3, 7, 
It says, wherefore, I was made a minister according to what? The gift of the grace of God given unto me by the effectual working of his power. Is that right? How many of you believe there's a grace of God for you to serve in the church? Amen. People say, well, you know, I don't know if I I can work with kids. I don't know if I can do that. How many know if you're a member of this church, they need help. How many know there ought to be a grace there for you? So how do now let me ask you this. How many of you know how to engage your mouth with what you tell everybody you believe? Right? If you believe that by the stripes of Jesus, you're healed, we're going to hear you saying that. Amen. So, I mean, no, that's a faith confession. So then all of a sudden we come up to a point like, glory to God, I am a faithful member of Heart of the Bay Christian Center. I like working with kids. You might hate them, but right now, but you keep saying it right. Can you hear a good amen? I like working with kids. Glory to God. I am faithful. I show up on time. I want to help. We're growing. We're going to have, we're having revival around. And in other words, you are agreeing with where the pastor is going as God leads him. Amen. So in that, we see the grace. Everybody say the grace. The grace of God is not for loose living. Now, if you would, go to Ephesians 4. Ephesians 4, 7. But unto every one of us is given grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ. Is that true? Now, what about Romans 12, 3, please? Romans 12, 3 says, For I say, through the grace given unto me, to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought. If you go around telling somebody, I am the righteous of God, are you thinking more highly of yourself than you ought? You go around telling everybody, I'm blessed. Everything I touch turns to gold. Glory to God. I'm a money magnet. Money chases me down. And I've started adding and catches me. Amen. It's one thing to say it chases uh, money. I'm a money magnet. Money chases me. Well, fine. It might run out of wind or something. It chases me, but it catches me. Are you following me? Amen. So he says, for I say through the grace given unto me to every man that is among you, not think of himself more highly than he ought. Usually you don't have to go into a church and tell everybody, okay, y'all just calm down. Quit saying you're, you're so much healed. Yeah. Are you following me? You're just so much victory. No, usually you got to jack people up. Are you with me? Encourage them in the things of God. Look at somebody say, I'm excited about the Word of God. Amen. Now, is there a grace on you? Sure there is if you're born again. So he says, For I say through the grace given unto me, there man among you not to think of himself more highly than to think, but to think soberly, according as God has dealt to every man, what? The measure of faith. Now, Let's go back, if you would, 2 Corinthians chapter 12. 2 Corinthians chapter 12. So grace and truth came by Jesus. Law came by Moses. So Paul says, 2 Corinthians 12, 1. It is not expedient for me, doubtless, to glory. I will come to visions and revelations of the Lord. I knew a man in Christ about 14 years ago, whether in the body I couldn't tell, whether out of the body I couldn't tell. God knoweth such a one caught up to the third heaven. And I knew such a man, whether in the body or out of the body, I can't tell. God knoweth. So he didn't know whether he's still in or out, right? You know, he still had hands and arms, you know, in the spiritual body. How he's caught up in the paradise, heard words unspeakable, which is not lawful for a man to utter. Of such a one will I glory, yet of myself will I not glory, but in my weaknesses or infirmities. 
For though I would desire to glory, I should not be a fool. For I will say the truth, but now I forbear, lest any man should think of me above that which he seeth me to be, or that he heareth of me. Lest I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of what? Revelations. There was given to me what? In the flesh, a thorn, right? In the flesh, the messenger of who? Satan to buffet me, lest I should be exalted above measure. For this thing I besought the Lord three times, thrice, that it might depart from me. And God said, no, it doesn't say that. Thank you, ma'am. It says what? And everywhere we read a while ago about how to get into the grace and to fall from the grace, we do believe Paul wrote the book of Hebrews. Whether he did or didn't, I'm not going to fight. But I mean, no, he talks about how to access the grace of God. See, when people start pushing into the things of God because there's a grace on them and they get in and they go after it and they go to pushing and trouble starts coming, things start happening, many times people will back out of faith in that area. What happened, God? God, I thought you asked me to do this. How come it got so hard, God? And what they do is they begin to back up. And if you back out of faith, you back out of grace. Because the only way to get into grace is by faith. And that's why when people come and they're excited and they're stirred up and they're ready to help serve in the local church and they're ready to go and they're ready to bring a supply and they come and they're like, woohoo! And everything around them starts messing up and tearing up. How many know we need to teach the people glory to God? It's not because God's mad at you. It's because you're getting involved. Amen. Amen. But there's a grace. There is a grace and the devil is defeated. Now, in this tonight, I was going to keep it short. <laughs> and, and I won't keep you much longer. But when Paul wrote that in 2 Corinthians twelve nine, he said to Paul, and it's in red. So what's that mean? Jesus said to him, as far as we can tell. In a vision, I guess when he was caught up to the third heaven, what did Jesus say to him? So Paul's the one that wrote Romans 5.2. Paul's the one that wrote Ephesians 2.8. He wrote all those scriptures about the grace of God through and by our Lord Jesus Christ in Romans 5 and Romans 6. So all of a sudden, Jesus says to Paul, my what? Grace is what? In other words, there's a grace on you, Paul, and it's sufficient. But if you quit living by faith in this particular area, you're going to back out of grace. So how many of you know, sometimes people have believed for healing, like our mother. And it wasn't because God wouldn't heal her. Can I hear a real good amen? People have to understand what belongs to them. But she died. She died of cancer. And I thought God could have healed her, but wouldn't heal her. See, that's what I thought. But I mean, I'm grateful for the revelation that these men and women have taught us by the help of the Holy Ghost from the Word of God. God don't kill people. God don't hurt people. God don't take things from people. 
You know, one guy, he was at a, a church I was at, and he was like, Lord, please take these cigarettes. We have down in southeast Texas. Oh, God, get, I just take these cigarettes. And I'm glad I remember hearing Brother Hagin says, well, he don't want them. He don't smoke. <laughs> but I, I don't know who all this was for tonight. It, maybe it's just for me. I enjoy hearing myself preach the word. I really do. Amen. If it's the Bible, are you with me? Amen. You know, glory to God. Because I, I never know what I'm going to preach or say most of the time. But I believe there was some folk, especially concerning ministry, that had perhaps started some things. Uh, can, can we go to a couple other places real quick? I think we went there last time. Let's go right back real fast, real quick. Okay. All right. Okay. Revelation chapter three. Glory to God. Revelation 3, 8. I know thy works. Behold, I've set before thee an open door and no man can shut it. And then, of course, verse 7, it says, He openeth, no man can shut, and he shutteth, no man can open it. Right? Yeah. Right. And we looked at this, I believe, last time. I think we did. Yeah, we did. And, and we know that the open door was granted through faithfulness. Yeah. Amen. But here, an open door is referenced to 1 Corinthians 16, 9. Yeah. Right? <laughs> and 1 Corinthians 16, 9 says... There is a door with great effect, yes. but there also at the open door are many adversaries. So in that, we begin to see, Paul said, I am what I am by the grace of God. We know that through salvation, to be saved is called through and by, provided by Jesus, the grace of God. The ministry gifts, Paul said he was made a minister by the grace of God. Jesus became poor for you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ that though he was rich he become poor see you've got to understand the way to tap into the grace in Acts 5 they were giving there was great grace upon him to give sometimes when people are so hit so hard financially there's hard to trust God in that area anymore What's that for? So you won't access the financial grace. Yeah, you'll pull back. You'll quit tithing, you know, or something along that line. Because you're like, man, last time, you know, we, we like to lost everything or whatever. And what that's designed to do is to get you in direct disobedience to the word. Keep you out of faith. So... There is an open door available to him. Now, I don't know, I don't know who all this is for. I, I, was, I thought I was going to preach, run, dance, jump chairs. And that's normally how I go, roll with the help of the Holy Ghost. But uh, he said, I want you to go this way. And I know y'all are in revival. And uh, I'm in revival with you. Amen. Glory to God. But... Uh, First and foremost, the only way to be saved is accept Jesus. That's it. And you, for by grace are we saved. How? Through faith. You got to believe that Jesus really died. That he really rose from the dead and that he is alive. 
That's the easiest way to be saved. That's the only way to be saved. But how many of you are glad there is a grace of God for you? Now, when people say the grace has lifted, I used to think they said, well, I I can't, I don't want to serve as an example. I don't want to serve in youth no more. The grace has lifted. The only way for the grace to lift is if the word of God has changed. Are you following me? Because it takes the word of God for me to be in faith. I'm talking about the God kind. So if the word of God has changed and he says, okay, now help usher, then how many of you know, now I need to access the grace for ushering by faith. Amen. So let's all stand, please. Father, we love you. We thank you. We praise you. And we thank you tonight, Father God, for these precious, precious people. We thank you, Father God. They didn't have to come tonight, but they chose to come because they're hungry. We thank you, Father God, for their love for you, their love for this church, this assembly here, this group of believers, this area, and then people that aren't saved yet. We thank you, Father God, that we would know here because of such tremendous word that's taught over the many, 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 many years. We're learning and we know who we are in Christ, what's available. But Father, tonight, ere there be one in this place that does not know Jesus as their personal Lord and Savior, that I thank you, Father God, that by the Holy Ghost, it, Romans 2 says, it is through the goodness of God that leadeth men to repentance. I'm so glad Paul wrote and he said, God ain't mad at us. But there's a ministry of reconciliation. Teach people God was in Christ when Jesus died for us, not imputing our sins against us. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God.